everybody. This is Kate. And this is Mr. A. And welcome to the Popcorn and Nacho podcast. Where we talk all films you should see ASAP. So this week we're going to be focusing in on a, I guess I would call this a dark superhero film. So this is, or actually we're going to talk about The Watchmen. The 2009 adaptation of Alan Moore's classic, just absolutely classic DC graphic novel, um, released in 2009. Now, um, I've, this is actually an interesting story with uh, this movie because Alan Moore famously hated anybody doing a live adaptation of his Any work. Any of his stuff. Yeah, especially Watchmen because he read it. He read it. He wrote it in a way that like really allowed itself to be told only in a graphic novel. Like the way it's written, the way the panels are all like organized, the way he. Just organized the the dialogue and designed the characters like it was especially made for graphic novel. So he was just he was really against the idea of them making a live action movie version of the story. But I think having Zack Snyder in particular make this movie was just it was the right choice. If anything, I feel like as a in terms of directors, I feel like Zack Snyder would be the one who could pull it off the best. He just has this very unique, wild like style in the filmmaking, and he's very good with the dark like edgy sort of of superhero tales especially with like in the later movies with um v for vendetta um batman versus superman and even his the Zack snyder cut of justice league shows that like he can really take the more risque and dark um comic book stories and turn them into something really really good so i mean i feel like Zack snyder kind of has a he has a rocky kind yeah. of background when it comes to his films, like, period. Like, I think, you know, when, when you start looking at, like, 300, and then you kind of look at his evolution into, you know, the Batman v Superman, and people are kind of, and the Man of Steel. I always feel like his films tend to be kind of hit or miss. Either people love them or they can't stand them, and they think that they're too long and stupid. But I actually agree with you. I think he does a really good job with the Watchmen. Now, I am a huge, huge fan of the graphic novel, which was, you know, initially a comic book series that was released um, in the 1980s. It actually came out in 86 and 87 uh, with Alan Moore doing the writing and then Dave Gibbons actually doing the um, illustrations. And I think the thing about the Watchmen, of course, like, there's no way that you could really encapsulate everything that happens in that comic book series into a movie but i think snyder does a really good job of kind of hitting on the main points of the comic book and and it's still feeling a bit true to i think what alan moore and gibbons intent was so the basic a plot summary of the film is that there are these and not like super powered group of individuals with the with the exception of one these people who they're kind of like your average crime fighters they they're kind of i guess they're they are vigilantes they go outside the law they form their own group to um, protect people and they're not morally good people like all of them have something wrong with them like they're not your like typical like oh superman uh, yeah wonder woman like no they have a lot more moral flaws and i guess like corrupt things about them but one night one of their one of the members of the group, the Watchmen, the comedian, gets murdered. And what basically essentially happens is that the rest of the team, like, tries to uncover what, what who is trying to murder them all. And, you know, because right. one of the heroes, Rorschach, played played by Jackie Earl Haley. Mm-hmm. I'm saying his name right. He thinks that there's this big elaborate conspiracy that everyone is just, they're out to get all the Watchmen and they may be next. And um, 
he's just trying to bring everyone back together, basically. And they've all gone their separate ways since the old days because, if I remember correctly, the government has outlawed their activity yes. at this point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so the rest... The rest of the film is just them trying to uncover this mystery. And there's also some drama surrounding um, Ozymandias. 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 Mm -hmm. Played by Matthew Good. It's kind of... uh, He's up to something. He's up to something weird. And, uh, of course, the film... As the film gets going, you uncover more of, like, what he's up to and what everyone is uh, playing at. And and especially with the only super-powered individual on the team, Dr. Manhattan played by Billy Crudup. He's having his own moral crisis on his hands because the thing with Dr. Manhattan is that he was involved in this terrible scientific accident that mm-hmm. kind of, it just changed him completely. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's like, he's the most superpower, he's the most powerful being in the universe and the world, and he has all this infinite knowledge, but he's unable to feel human emotion. It's, right. And so he kind of has this moral dilemma of, well, why, why am I still here if, like, you know, everyone expects me to be somebody and you know he has he had he tries really hard to you know show his affections but it always just doesn't turn out the way he wants yeah and this is all set in the background of 1985 united states in a kind of i'll I'll say a dystopian um worldview so nixon has is still the president he's been uh the president since you know when he first uh became president and the United States and Russia are on the brink of nuclear war, which is really kind of where Dr. Manhattan's character uh, specifically, you know, kind of has a hard time to, to what you were talking about, Mr. A, like really truly understanding, you know, he's, he's pretty much sided with the United States. So he actually was the weapon utilized in the Vietnam War, in the, in the movie, in the comic book as well. We technically win the Vietnam War, but we only win it because of Dr. Manhattan. And he, you know, as he kind of continues to kind of distance himself from humanity, in many ways he doesn't really understand what humanity is and what he's kind of there for anymore. And so to Mr. A's point, like he just kind of, distances himself and just has a really hard time kind of wondering why should he even fight for this world in which there's people murdering one another it's it's just not a very nice uh time time period and i think that the film specifically kind of takes place in i don't know if they ever say it's new york city but i got the impression it was kind of like a new york city so there's just this gritty ugliness kind of to it Rorschach does a lot of monologues in the film where he really kind of talks about what he sees day to day and just kind of the ugliness that the city has become and in many ways kind of how humanity is kind of treating one another but that kind of goes back to you know initially when these superheroes kind of started to mr ace point these are just normal human beings like you and me so of course they're going to have character flaws because there's really nothing there's nothing i'm not i want to say there's nothing special about them but they're just like us so they're you know um going to go through the same things that we do the greed power and you kind of see that specifically like with the comedian character and just when they have this position where they can be superheroes and they're patrolling the streets, like they're allowed to abuse their power even more, right. which kind of like leads to the downfall of the Watchmen. There's kind of their split up. You can even see because there's a lot of flashbacks in this movie. Um, this movie flip is one of those films that flip flops between the present and the past because right. we were trying to like get caught up with 
the Watchmen and what happened before, you know, the comedian got murdered and everything kind of went south. And you can see, especially with the comedian, like, they're breaking off. They're not a perfect team. Like, they have disagreements, they have moral issues, and they butt heads a lot in terms of what's the right thing to do and how they should be running everything. Right, yeah. And it's really kind of a dark take on the superhero mythos. And, I mean, when you read the comic book, which, if you haven't read this, um, if you're not a huge comic book fan, I that's fine. I, I'm really not a huge comic book fan, but... This is an excellent, excellent series. Um, it actually was listed as like one of the best novels to read by Time Magazine. And it really is an excellent graphic novel. So they kind of, you know, have it together now. Um, and you can buy it in a novel form. But you really, really should read it because it's really interesting. And the whole point was to kind of satirize superheroes. But also commenting on kind of what was going on specifically, you know, in that 1980s time frame during the Reagan era. You know, so the references to the Cold War. Um, and just kind of what is going on with the superheroes. I think what's really interesting about this film, too, is the fact that, you know, in this film people ordinary people are very much against the superheroes because of the abuse of power that they have done previously they really don't feel like they have their best interests at hand um, but you know when you really kind of look at it neither do the politicians and so something kind of happens in the film that that's really kind of the climax and then kind of you know where it ends a decision that is made by a specific character i won't give it away but it does kind of open up i find the film to be very interesting in where it goes and whether a choice that was made by a character was the right choice and the, yeah and the yeah that's like the genius part of that ending the ending of this film is that it's very it's very open to the audience's interpretation like they don't the film doesn't explicitly state which one like if it was the right call or if they doomed everyone like right. that's kind of up for the audience to decide and that's ultimately up for the characters in the film to decide and um, they they're they're all split obviously and they're all like just absolutely mortified by the end but you can see that the choice it wasn't an easy one like if I were in that situation, honestly, I wouldn't even know what to do. Like, yeah. I wouldn't know if it was the right call or it's not. It's a very interesting ending. It reminds me a lot of when you look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, specifically the Endgame series and Infinity War, and you think about the character of Thanos. I actually feel that that has a lot in common with, with, with this one just because of the idea that kind of presents itself at the end. But we won't give it away because you definitely should see this film. And the ending of this film definitely differs than the comic book. But I actually think it's a compelling ending. And it does kind of um, raise questions about, you know, how would you stop the world from killing itself? Because at the end of the film, the United States and Russia are pretty much on the brink of killing one another uh, with via nuclear arms and so the question is how do we stop that and the way that it kind of happens it's just really interesting in the film and i think it's just an interesting thing to kind of think about so now that we've pretty much wrapped up the basis premise of the film let's get into like the like the major points of why we think we sh you should we should recommend this movie to you guys one of the major things that i really appreciate about this film in comparison to some other comic book films is that this film is, I would argue, um, 
and you can you I know you don't have to agree with me on this, but I in my eyes this film is almost entirely character driven as opposed to plot driven in that it's much more about because the story there is a story here and there's like a big branching over arc about it, but. I feel like a lot of it is carried because of the ideologies and the moralities of the Watchmen themselves, yeah. especially with characters like, again, uh, Rorschach, who is very much reminds me of, and it's kind of funny because it is DC Comics, it was a DC novel, uh, yeah. Batman, in terms of he believes that it's a very black and white sort of world and that you it, once you're evil, like, you'll never change, you'll never go back, or if you're, like, all good, like, there's no way you'll ever get corrupted. And he very much believes in... This sort of balancing act, and he is the one, he's the only one who can see that, and he he tries very much to get everyone else to see his sort of point of view on everything, but nobody seems to understand, like, where he's coming from with that. Right, yeah, no, I think that that's a really good point about the film, because you're right, it is really about the characters. I think another thing for me, I love about the film, and I'm, I'm, and I've said this before. I think on previous podcasts, I think I even remember talking about this when I specifically was talking about X Men First Class. I'm a huge history buff, so I love the historical context in which the film um, is built upon, and in just this kind of dy- dystopian historical context. So you know, it talks about the Vietnam War. You know, Doctor Manhattan is specifically kind of working for the government trying to um, essentially you know create what we know will be eventually the atom bomb uh, but kind of becomes <laughs> becomes it himself I mean his name is a parody on the yeah. project Man- the Manhattan Project exactly so. exactly you know when the watchmen first kind of start out they start out in the 1940s you know after world war 2 has ended and so there's just there's just so much American historical context within the film that I think it does a really good job of balancing that as well and really kind of giving you this this really interesting backdrop in which these characters are then able to really kind of, you know, display themselves very very well. And the cast I think does a really great job um, of really imagining these characters so i think jeffrey dean morgan plays the comedian my god he is just he's He's very easy he's very easy to hate (laughs) he's a horrible 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 person i i i I don't even know if i thought there was a redeeming quality to that character (laughs) in the film but jeffrey dean morgan uh does a really great job and i think he's 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 primarily i remember him as the father in the supernatural series and he plays negan you know who originally was going to be the comedian before jeffrey dean morgan johnny depp it's like really johnny depp it's just he plays he plays such sweet nice characters normally i I don't don't know how that would fit maybe i think that would be interesting actually that would have been interesting to see I mean, but eventually Jeffrey D. Morgan took the role, uh, and when he first saw the script, he hated it. Like, he didn't want to be a part of it, because, you know, his character dies right off the bat. He's like, I don't want to waste time on this, but as Zack Snyder was like, no, no, you're going to be in other flashbacks. You're going to be more in, like, the background stuff. And he started reading, reading more, and it's like, all right, I'll take it. Yeah, and I think that Snyder does actually a really good job of of moving from flashbacks to the present. Flashbacks to the present. Where you don't get too confused, you understand what's going on. Because sometimes, for me, that can be a little... If, if a director doesn't do it very well, it can be a little jarring. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? But I actually think that he he does a good job with it and kind of shows the relevancy of it. Specifically, I think I like the flashbacks with Dr. Manhattan's storyline specifically because I think it really helps you understand 
Doctor Manhattan's story arc in in all honesty. And I might be I might be reading too much into Doctor Manhattan's characterization, but I like that the specific specifically the fact that the only one who actually has superpowers on the team is the is one him. who's arguably the most heartless. Not like intentional intentionally, like he doesn't choose to be, but that's just how it is. And um, I just think it's very telling that that's the case because you find with a lot of superpowered heroes normally like well let's say Superman since I already mentioned him like they're usually very kind people with a lot of heart they oh, usually yeah. mm-hmm. use their powers for good Manhattan is not really one of those and no. it's, he's a very he's the most tragic character I'd say with the yeah. most tragic backstory because he he was separated from the world basically he was taken away from society and he was reborn as just something else yeah. not even this, human yeah he's not human I mean this entity that exists. And so, again, he, he becomes so disassociated with humanity that it's difficult for him to really truly understand, you know, what is the point? Why not just kind of, you know, go to Mars and do his thing? You know, what, what is the point of, of caring and loving one another? You know, and especially, again, with this backdrop of this world and what's going on, you know, I don't know, you can kind of understand where Dr. Manhattan's coming from, um, you know. Um, in a certain sense but you know some of the other characters uh, you have the night owl who he really is kind of just to me just a very he's kind of the positive protagonist to me like you really do like him he took over for the night owl who retired and he's played by patrick wilson who i mean i love i think he's just a really good actor period but i i feel like he kind of works well with rorschach so (laughs) rorschach is really kind of this aggressive doesn't work well with others oh God, if there character. Is, if there is ever a, like a more perfect realization of a of an iconic like character, like this is it. Like everyone like who have, who has seen the movie like cannot unhear like his voice yeah. in this film. It's just that deep sort of yeah. dark menacing. Jackie does such a great job. I actually think he's like to, to me in the whole film. He's he's like the best thing. The way that he portrays Rorschach. The way that he voices because you can him. tell this is a this is a man who like he there is no other life that he knows outside yeah. of Rorschach like that that mask is his well he calls it his face and like yeah. that's pretty much that sums him up like he's the symbol he is the the hero persona like there is no one else and he's an interesting hero right because he's he's very brooding and he's very dark and he he he's disgusted by <laughs> what he sees around him and again in those monologues he talks a lot about that but the fact that he's willing to still pursue the truth and understand what is going on why are superheroes being killed you know even though like the comedian is a piece of shit and he probably deserves it and i mean no offense but he kind of sort of does but he still cares it's, it's just an interesting rorschach is just a really interesting character in that, like it said, he doesn't work well with others. He's very, very... Uh, he's just very gross. The best word to describe him, and they mention him several times in the film, is uncompromising. Yeah. He doesn't want to compromise to anyone's belief but his own. And, you know, like Mr. A said, the thing about Rorschach is he's very black and white. He does not see gray. But that's where I think the night owl kind of balances him out and is really kind of the only character I feel that really kind of works well with Rorschach because he can kind of I think he can understand where he's coming from but Night Owl I think is able to kind of see the gray part but also I find him to be the most optimistic out of the group right you know he's definitely your kind of your bright-eyed 
we can make the world a better place. Like if I was a superhero, I'd probably be more like Night Owl than I would Rorschach, that's for sure. And um, Ozymandia is the, I guess, villain of the film. That's another thing I like about this movie is that there is no real villain yeah, of the movie. I, there I is agree. no like typical, oh, there's a big super villain that's going to destroy yeah. everyone. No, it's just a bunch of weird, gifted individuals who are just butting heads about what to do with the world and how to avoid catastrophe. Because the, the major villain is the Americans and the Russians conflict because they're yeah, trying really to avoid is. that. But even that's not, that's, not, that's not villainy. That's just history. That's just history unfolding in front of us. And they're, we're, right. they're trying to like find what's the best way to counteract it. Right. Um, and the thing with Ozymandias is that he's definitely the, the more cold and methodical of the group. He is the one who, like, he just finds the logical route. He doesn't care, like, I mean, how many people needs to get hurt or injured in the process? Like, the long, he's very much the long goal, like, he's thinking of the big picture. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's a really good way to sum up Ozymandias. And really, Ozymandias, his character, he is in, he's extremely intelligent. I think his, uh, the character's name in the film is Adrian Vett. I'm probably saying the last name <laughs> wrong. But he's like like the most intelligent man like besides Dr. Manhattan he's like super super smart creates this kind of empire you know within this world so he's like super rich super smart and you're right like he is looking at the bigger picture so in that sense he reminds me a lot of you can argue Thanos to a certain extent because it's kind of like I'm looking at the bigger picture, I'm seeing what's going on, and I think that we need to do this, this, and this in order to get to here. It's the ends justify the means. Correct. I was really struggling to say that before. I was like, oh. Oh, what's the word? Damn it, what's the saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's very much the ends justify the means in terms of how he does things. Right, and again, like I said, I think that's what's so compelling to me about the film is do his ends justify the means? And it is an interesting, I just I just think it's a very interesting. Like sort of debate to have at yeah. the end of the film. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And like how the film is presented, like it very much builds up to that moment of, was this the right choice? Right. Not only is the character just really well done, also it just visually, it looks very stunning. Like I like, I feel like the graphic novel sort of look and feel. I mean, obviously you can't replicate the, exact feel and the tone of the graphic novel because it's there's a very big difference between a book and a yeah. movie but i feel like this was i like the theme like the overall tone and the style of the movie it's very like it's very old school it's very like in that time where comic books were first getting started when where we saw all these superpower people just beating up foreign bad guys and like declaring themselves like the America's dream, I guess. The American yeah. dreams realized. Yeah, um, I mean, I think the sets and the production are really, really good. It definitely has that kind of ugliness. It has that grittiness to it. Of course, it's going to be filled. My only, my only issue with the film is it kind of goes, it kind of uses a lot of, like, in my opinion, Snyder's ploys. So there's going to be... Quite a bit of um, he likes, slow motion he likes to use slow-mo action. A lot. Oh my god! And sometimes, sometimes I think it's good, and sometimes I think it's like it's not really necessary. And I feel like he does that in I think every single film he makes. So um, there's a little bit of that in this film. Not quite as crazy, I felt, as like Batman v Superman or um, even in Three Hundred. Oh my god! And let's not talk about the the Snyder cut. Like 
80 percent of that movie is slow motion. Yeah. Like not even joking. Because like it's four <laughs> hours, so there's there's a lot of goddamn slow motion. And like <laughs> it's like literally Wonder Woman's just running. She's just running towards an enemy and it's like so slow. It's like, okay, stop. <laughs> Get back to the mass motion. Wait, are we Oh right, yeah. The Snyder cut. Yeah, the Snyder cut of Batman v Superman? No, of um just the Justice League that oh, came Justice out recently. Justice League. And it's like, oh my god, stop. Just stop. We don't need to I see that in slow motion. I haven't even seen the normal Justice League. I can't imagine spending, is it four hours or it's six four hours? four hours. Oh, good lord. I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it. I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> Um, the, the most visually impressive creation of the film, though, to me, is Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. I um, mean, the look is just absolutely perfect. Um, so how they actually managed to do it is that they were them. It would have been easy for them to just CGI all of it because CGI, there's a lot of CGI everywhere nowadays. And this yeah. was made in a time where CGI was just all over the place. But no, Billy Crudup actually donned a whole full motion capture suit covered in motion tracking balls for all the shots so that it, wow. they could perfectly capture all the individual like muscle movements in the face and all the wrinkles and everything oh. that was everything. And it, I think it really paid off. Like, it's surprisingly a lot of, and even though he's just the most emotionless and cold of the group, like you can tell when there's a dilemma he's going through and. Um, huh. Sort of that image of just that bright blue going and like the him floating through everything is it's, oh right it's very it's visually stunning I just like that yeah no I think that like I said I think that the visual effects they I think they even they still stand up even today I think they did um, a really good job and you know again you're never going to make every comic book person happy and especially when you kind of take the content of this specific graphic novel. But again, I think that Snyder did a really good job with the characters. I think the people that portray them, I think the storyline that he decided to kind of go with, because again, you couldn't tell everything that was in that comic book series. Uh, but I think that the, the, the path that he chose to me still kind of resonates with what that novel is about and the questions that it leaves you with regarding um, ourselves. So I think that this is just a really, really, really well done DC film. And I'm, I, I, I think we've talked about this before. I tend to gravitate towards DC storylines and films a little bit more because I do kind of like that dark, complex kind of worldview that these films really kind of take a look at. And I think that this one is definitely in that in that. Mar Marvel realm. can have its moments where it, can. it goes into that. Yes. But more often than not, DC is the more darker of the two yeah. franchises. But um, yeah, even as a non-DC fan, because yeah. if it's not apparent already, I'm much more of a Marvel <laughs> fan than I am DC. Um, I still, I just, it was, this is an amazing film and it just really, it really gets you to read the graphic novel. Yes. I think it, like it's very good. Absolutely. Watch the film. Once you watch the film, read the graphic novel. It's excellent, excellent, excellent. It's it's probably one of the best books I've ever read in my life. It's definitely up there with like My Lord of the Rings and uh, Harry Potter and you know just just all of those books. And it is just really I think saying something interesting too um, about us as as human beings. So not only that, but it just it nicely challenges the typical yeah. superhero genre. And definitely, definitely is um a significant. Um, comic book story in comics history and it'll, it'll still hold up for days and yeah, on end, so I totally agree
And I think this movie really did it justice. So, where can where can you find these film? So it's currently streaming on HBO Max if you have a subscription. If you don't have a subscription, then you can always rent it, of course, at the normal places, Amazon uh, Prime, uh, YouTube, and Google Play. Thank you for listening to the Popcorn and Nacho podcast. And we'll be talking more films you should see ASAP. (laughs) 